0: and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey, Nicole. Hello. Happy May. Happy May. All right. I can, I can actually hardly believe we're in May already, but we've got some exciting stuff coming up for you guys. Um, those of you who are business owners or who are interested in being business owners, we are doing a free webinar for you guys on six areas that you are losing patience. If you're listening to this, the day it drops, that's going to be in about a week on Tuesday, May 10th, 530 PM Pacific. 8.30 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast and for everybody in the mountain and central time frames, you're just going to have to figure it out. Yeah. Do math. It is kind of interesting, though, how we just like show the Pacific and then the uh, Eastern and it's like, okay, if you're in the middle, just figure it out.
0: Yep. That's it. All I need you to do is use some math.
1: Right. Easterners can do that too, but we have to spell it out for them.
0: <laughs> what does that say about them? I'm What not does sure. that say
1: about them? But that's going to be super fun. We're going to go through actually like the patient acquisition flow, all of the different places we could be losing patients basically like holes in our patient funnel. So if you are a business owner, that is going to be really fun. I'm excited to teach that. I don't know if we've ever taught that.
0: We have definitely not taught that outside of outside of our business mentorship group. It's something that we go over ad nauseum in our business mentorship group about, yeah, like where we could be losing patients. The flip side of this is where we can be gaining patients. You can turn that into a positive too. But a lot of people especially in that newbie kind of business owner realm are just very like, what am I doing? What can I be doing? And do I need to market more? And and it's not necessarily that you need to market more. Sometimes we need to shore up these areas where you can be losing patients. You can be marketing just fine. They might just be slipping through your fingers and you need to identify where that can be in order to be successful so that your marketing efforts are going to be targeted.
1: Yeah, and as effective as possible. I love that you phrase it that way. I, I think we often get a little bit myopic in focusing, hyper focusing, I would say, on one area, or I have to market, or I have to do more social media, and we're not looking at the big picture and saying, like, well, we might be doing a great job at that, but if we're failing at these other areas, then we're not getting any patients in the door. Of course, the phone isn't ringing. So,
0: just as a sidebar for a second, the answer to I think I need more patients if you're in a local market, is likely never. I need to do more social media posts, by the way.
1: Ooh, tough love, but Ah. true. So we're going to be talking all about that. There is going to be a link in the show notes to register for that, but that's going to be totally free. Make sure that you get on that, and we'll be able to answer questions and do all that fun stuff. So it's going to be a fun time, but that is going to be coming up. Just want to let you guys know. So another question that we have gotten, and this actually came from somebody in our mentorship group, And this is one of the things that we talk about. I think this is such an important topic, but actually getting shit done, getting stuff done if you're listening with your kids and family around. (laughs) But how do we actually get stuff done? And I think this sounds like a silly question. I really don't think it is. And especially for those of you guys who have been working for other people for a while before transitioning into your own practice, or if you're thinking about transitioning into your own practice. This is a really big challenge. And it was actually a real point of contention for Nicole and I when starting Pelvic Sanity, because this was something that I had been working for myself for almost 10 years before starting Pelvic Sanity. Nicole had always been working for somebody else. And we actually led to some clashes on your struggles, honestly, to like put things over the finish line.
0: Yeah. And I think too, it's not only, I think PTs in general also have a really hard time doing this because we're constantly on someone else's time. Everything is all scheduled for us all the time. Even if you have one patient, if you have three patients coming in at 10, you know what you're doing basically of your working hours and that is always structured. PT school was structured. Usually college is is structured. You have your classes at this time. You have homework to do at this time, things it's very obvious to tell where something should go. And PTs have, if you've worked for somebody else, you've had your day basically from start to finish structured the whole time, your whole career. And then suddenly to go from, I have a ton of time because at the beginning you have no patience. At a time when you are time rich and patient poor, is a time where you could be capitalizing on that and we find so much inefficiency and people frankly freaking out because they're not as productive as they think that they should be or as they could be in that model because we haven't learned this skill.
1: And it is a skill. I mean, thats it's no knock on anybody. And if you're feeling that way, a lot of times that's part of the problem is that you're feeling super frustrated with yourself that you're not better at this. But it's a skill that you learn in other positions that you don't have to learn as a PT. Because like Nicole said, you go into work at 8 o'clock, you leave at 5 o'clock, and you know what you're doing every minute of that day. Between patient time, there's going to be patients on these times, there's going to be documentation here, get 30 minutes for lunch, Everything is scheduled out for you. And now all of a sudden overnight, you can go to having literally nothing on the calendar and having to do all of that yourself and have to have all of that on your own shoulders. That's one of the reasons we talk about that. It's one of the first things we talk about in the Rising Mentorship Program. We actually created a daily planner that helps with that. We go through all of the things about productivity because it is a foundational skill that 99% of PTs don't have when they're working for somebody else. And it is critical to your success as a business owner. So if you are have made that transition to a business owner, if you're thinking about that, this is going to be the podcast for you. I think there's a couple of other things that make this such a challenge. So I just want you guys, if you're listening and resonating with this and just saying like, man, I've, my to-do list is so long, but I never get everything crossed off of it. Or it never seems to go smaller. It always just grows. I feel like I worked so hard all day, but I couldn't tell you like what I actually did or accomplished at the end of the day. And you said that best in one of our podcasts, Nicole's like that's the enemy. The enemy is the day where you work really, really hard and you don't really have anything to show for it at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: I mean, talk about that. Talk about creating burnout. Talk about creating like lack of confidence in yourself and what you're doing. Talk about despair. Talk about wanting to jump off a cliff. Like that is the worst thing. And that snowballs because that feeling sucks and it's hard to shake it and forget about it for the next day because, you know, nothing ever goes exactly perfect. So the second that you hit another roadblock, you can easily go back into that despair mode Uh, that nothing's working. This is too hard. I'm not going to do this. I'm not cut out for this. And frankly, begin to fail pretty quickly. Not because, not through any fault of your own, but because this is just something, a skill that you didn't learn and assume that you should be good at it when you're not.
1: Yeah. I mean, which is kind of crazy when you really disentangle that. Like, why would you be good at a skill that you have never had to practice and never had to put into into action? Well,
0: that's easy to think now. But like from a perfectionist standpoint like me, like you think that, well, I've been this, especially when you start a business, right? No one's starting a business thinking that they suck at pelvic PT, right? Everybody's thinking like, wow, I am a really awesome therapist. I can really provide better care for patients. We have been successful. At a job before, we are either a leader in that field, we're a clinical director, or we're just crushing it at our job, and we've are usually pretty good at what we're doing. We're go getters. We've always been successful at doing stuff, and I think this is was a really big shift for me to all of a sudden go into an area where you're really sucking kind of at a lot of things, and not because you do suck, but because. You, this is just all new skill sets. Everything's new. You're looking at things from different ways. And it's so far away from patient care that it seems even that much more daunting to learn about, right? There's
1: so many different challenges when it comes to that too, Nicole. I'm glad that you're talking about that because perfectionism is a huge one. I think there are a large number of perfectionists in the pelvic PT, OT entrepreneur community. And there is a perfectionism that comes with doing your own thing. So you might not have even had some of these perfectionist tendencies. Maybe you did, but maybe you didn't until it's your name on the door. And now all of a sudden, everything matters. Every post you put out, every blog post you write, every word on your website has to be perfect. And that is a huge enemy of productivity. It can lead to procrastination. Another big challenge for a lot of folks is is just broken chunks of time. So when you're a business owner, especially when you're starting off, a lot of times you don't have that much control over your schedule. A patient says, hey, I can only come in at Tuesday at 11 o'clock. And you're like, yes. Sure. Like you're looking at your blank calendar. Like, yeah. I mean, you could have said, I can only come in at midnight in Iceland. Like, okay, cool. I'll book a flight. I will see you there when you're first starting off and those patients aren't coming in yet. And so, but what that does, that starts breaking up your day. Now you've got a random patient at 11 o'clock and then somebody else hopefully calls around 1.30 and then you've got to go and do this other thing. Maybe you've got family obligations. All of your time just seems to be broken into these little chunks and you never really have time to get momentum or really sink your teeth into a big project.
0: That is terrible for me. That still is something that is very difficult for me because I'll look at like a chunk or even this is a good example too, even if you are busy and a patient cancels And it's like, oh, you're almost like, oh, cool. At the point when sometimes you are up in that like 15, 20 hours a week as a solopreneur, if somebody cancels, you're actually kind of like, oh, cool. I actually have some time because at that point your time poor. And then it's like, oh my gosh, if you're not prepared, then it's like you're planning on what to do. You're wasting time for that like next 10 minutes. And now all of a sudden something disrupts you and now all of a sudden that hour chunk of time that you thought you're going to have is now 25 minutes. So well, now I don't really want to start anything now. So I'm just going to sc- scroll Instagram.
1: And then your patient comes 10 minutes early.
0: And then you chat of it up course. with them or you go over, you know, or whatever. And it's just like that, now that hour of time is just poof, gone when you could have done a bunch of things. So that, that was, that's real that still is really difficult for me yeah. to like, actually have a list of things to do that can fit into that amount of time and actually task switch into that where I'm like, oh shoot, I thought I was going to be doing this. And now I have to do this and it's switching and making sure you can get something done in a certain amount of time. So you're not like, oh, I'm going to write this blog post. Well, can I actually do that in the 40 minutes that I have? Or is it going to be 40 plus 20 plus 10 plus five some other time? It's like, that's that's something that, that is difficult.
1: And task switching is a very difficult thing on the brain. Um, I hope you guys have been listening to us long enough to hear us talk about this, but you, your brain cannot multitask. That is just not what it does. It just switches back and forth between different things very quickly. And every time it switches, you lose energy and momentum in doing that stuff. And what does business ownership require? A lot of task switching because you're wearing a lot of hats. So you are going back and forth from being your front desk person to your marketing director, to a clinician, to an accountant, to a lawyer, to a janitor. Like that's a day. That's not even a day. That's like three hours, (laughs) right? No wonder we're freaking exhausted as entrepreneurs when we go to bed at night, right? You lay your head in the pillow. We're not laying around thinking, man, what what would we be doing today? I mean, shoot, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be doing. And so there's other things that add into this challenge are just prioritizing. A lot of times when we are new it is, even when we've been doing this for a long time, actually, it's overwhelming. There's so many different things to be doing. What is going to be the best thing to me to do right now? What's going to be the most important thing for my business? What can I put on the back burner? What can I half-ass and not do a great job with? I know some of you are cringing hearing me say that, but there are things in your business you're going to have to half-ass if you want to survive. And the traditional to-do list is like the world's worst tool for this because all it does is make you feel the weight of everything that you have to be doing and your own inadequacy when you don't finish it because I can guarantee you if anybody's listening to this and I'm wrong please write me in but I have done this in front of audiences I've done this in front of large groups anybody ever actually finish their to-do list for a day Anybody got to the end of that day and had every single thing crossed off and just been like looking at yourself at three o'clock in the afternoon and being like, well...
0: Well, and be happy with yourself. Like that's the other thing, right? I feel like if we're even close to getting done with it, we're adding other things on so it's never done.
1: Right. And it always leaves you with that lingering feeling that you didn't finish what you meant to that day. So that's just a terrible tool. And what our default is, and this goes back to what Nicole was saying about social media, our default then is to go to something that is either easy or something that we really like doing. And for a lot of us, that ends up being social media. Oh, cool. It's a business thing, right, that I'm on here and posting. It's a business thing that I'm on here commenting on other people's things. Hey, in scrolling through Instagram, I liked something from a local chiropractor. That's like marketing, right?
0: (laughs) Right. And I think that goes back to, Jesse, the prioritization. And this is something that as a new entrepreneur, even as a relatively seasoned entrepreneur that hasn't had any guidance, sometimes you can't see the forest from the trees. So what your prioritization strategy is now isn't necessarily serving your business in the best way, but you can't see that because all you know is what you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so some of that prioritization ends up being super important for not defaulting back to just something that you either like doing or is the easiest, because sometimes the priority needs to lie in something that is difficult that you don't know the answer to, that you don't actually have the time for right that minute, but that is the most important thing to do of your day. So the prioritization thing is really like a common denominator that kind of can jack up the whole rest of your um, thing that feeds into the perfectionism situation. If you're trying, if what you need to be prioritizing is something that you're not good at or something that you don't feel confident in, of course you're not going to want to do it, and you're going to feel bad about yourself when you try to do it because you've done a shitty job. And you maybe you have, you know, but half done or a little or done is better than perfect, right? So. There is some keys there to getting some coaching and stuff like that in order to help you to understand and learn the actual system of prioritization and what actually does move the needle for which business problem you're trying to solve.
1: And in coaching, I would, and this is where I would differentiate between coaching and mentorship, but coaching, I think one of the most important things that we can do in coaching is help people identify what is most important. That sentence sounded like redundant, but the most important thing in coaching is identifying what's most important. And I would tell you that the people who work with us or that we work with, it's not asking them to work any harder. Like if you're a business owner and you're going into it and you're serious and it's not just this like side hustle and you're actually want to make a a go of this thing, I can guarantee you're working hard. It's the question of like, are we prioritizing the right things? And that's why those one-on-one calls that we do are so important. That's why our six-week sprints are so important because it is setting those priorities because it's not about working harder, it's about reallocating our work, our energy, our effort into the things that are going to move the needle in the business.
0: Right. And that's why somebody that has like a patient load of only five patients per week and somebody that's seen 25 patients per week, they feel equally busy, They feel like their days are full. They feel like they're doing a bunch of shit. But at the end of the day, it's like the task that somebody's doing that is seeing 20 to 25 patients per week changes in priority with the someone that's doing five patients per week. And that has to change and evolve as you grow. And you have to be prioritizing for the business that you want to be, not the business that you currently are. That's the other thing is that there is a lot of times we can get stuck in a rut where if you've been stuck at five to eight to 10 patients per week, you're doing the same things. You're getting that number. You're hitting your number, but you're not able to get past that. So if you feel like you're stuck, it's very likely that you are prioritizing and doing things, get quote unquote, getting stuff done for the business that you are currently running, not the business that you want to grow into.
1: That is a great point. What got you here is not going to get you there. In a lot of cases. So what can we do? We've painted kind of a bleak picture of all of the things that we're (laughs) Ah, up against.
0: This shit's hard. Right.
1: (laughs) And maybe that should be the end of the podcast. Yep. This shit's hard. We'll title the podcast back. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) We want to give you guys some like concrete takeaways from this. And I think this is something I have studied a lot. I think about productivity an awful lot. It is, it's foundational for us. If we can be more efficient with our time, if we can prioritize better, if we can do all those things, that's the thing that helps us make a business that works for us. Because otherwise, our time just gets eaten up, it gets sucked down, like we don't know where it went, and we end each day feeling overwhelmed, feeling like we don't have a purpose tomorrow, feeling like there's this endless to-do list and that we're never getting ahead, and that is such a terrible feeling, especially when you're objectively being successful. And so we want to be able to help you guys prioritize and think about that, and a couple of things, so I'm going to give you three tips, and we're going to discuss them real quick here, but One is to identify your one thing for each day. And this is kind of the basis of the planner that we've created for our group. It's the basis for kind of how we teach about productivity. But think about what is the one thing that if I accomplished today would move the needle forward in my business? And that can be relatively big. That could be a relatively small thing. What it can't be is something that you're going to do anyway. So, oh, my one thing for today is treating patients. No, it's not. Because if you didn't put that on your list, would you have come in and treated your patients or would you have just blown them off? I'm guessing you would have probably come in, right? So you can't put that on your list and say that's the one thing that's going to move my practice forward. But if we can accomplish one thing every day that moves our practice forward, that's 365 steps forward every single year. And we always, I think this is one of my favorite quotes, we always underestimate, we overestimate what we can do in a day and we underestimate what we can do in a year. And so those simple, consistent steps forward, I think are huge.
0: Now, I will tell you that this one thing, this one, number one, this one thing... Was so hard for me. It still is sometimes. I literally, you guys, Jesse is actually really good at this. I think partly because it's his personality, partly because he's been doing it for a long time. Like this working freelance and as a contractor, um, working from home, all that kind of stuff. That skill set is just ingrained in him. But I literally had to get coaching from Jesse to be like, is this a one thing? Like, I don't really get it because I kept identifying this stuff like, okay, well, today my one thing is just treating patients, right? It's not just moving something from your to do list over to the thing you're going to quote unquote focus on today or do an exceptionally good job at today. It's actually something that's going to move the needle forward. So, Jesse, give like two examples. Of like that, We're, of like a bad example and then a good example.
1: Cool. Let me do a social media example I think will be a good one. So a bad social media example would be my one thing today is to create a reel, right? It's something you're probably going to do anyway. It's something that's a recurring thing in your business. Like, is it important? Yes, maybe, depending. We're, we would actually have to talk to you about that and see how important it really is. But is it something that is going to like permanently take your business forward? The answer is really no right that thing might get you a patient or two but it's not changing anything about your business for next week and by the time a week has gone past it's going to be gone and you're going to be on to the next TikTok trend or doing whatever dance thing you're doing and a social media example of something that would be good is changing your link tree or the link in your bio or adding something to your story highlights and actually making that something where people can now find out where you practice who you help all of those things what is that? That's something that's going to move the needle for your business forward for the rest of the time that you're on social media. And that's something that matters long-term. Great. Like we do that once. And I'm always a big fan of things that we can do once that continue to bear fruit for us in the future, right? You put a reel out, you got to put another reel out the next day. You change your link tree or you change your bio or you change your story highlights. Those are things that are going to be there for forever. Like you're done. That's it.
0: Yeah. That's a really good example. Do you have one more example, Jesse?
1: Yeah. Let's think about this. So instead of being like, Hey, when you go to the clinic, I'm going to treat patients today. Like that's going to be my one thing, right? Which is tempting, especially if you've got a big, long schedule, you've got eight patients on the docket. Like that's a long day. But is there something that more of a one thing would be like, Hey, could I look at something in the system that's going to make things easier for everything long-term? So can I check my forms? Is there something in my forms that I want to add on this initial evaluation that's been bugging me for a little bit of time? Is there something that I can do that's going to be, could I make a handout? Could be a good one thing, right? I've noticed that I have to keep telling everybody about diaphragmatic breathing and I keep having to write that thing down or I keep having to send people emails or I keep having to email people a link to a a video. Could I just put together a handout that it's going to fix all of that stuff, right? That's a great one thing. That's going to be something that saves you time and improves the patient experience, For years going forward. And so those are the kind of things that I want to focus on as that one thing. Even if they're super small. Like it can be something. Like (laughs) you could have a one thing that is as silly and simple as fixing the squeaky table that's going up and down and oiling the hinges. That can be a one thing. How many of us have lived, and I hope I'm not the only one, who have lived with like a squeaky door or a squeaky high-low table for weeks or months kind of cringing every time somebody was sitting on that table and it went up and down because you knew it was going to do it. And what is that? That's a five minute job. The one thing doesn't have to be crazy. It just has to be something that is going to have a positive impact on your business going forward. So that's the first example. Number one is the one thing. Number two is planning your week. And this allows you to do what we've talked about in previous podcasts, but time blocking and task batching. Because like Nicole said, we are not, as human beings, good at task switching. And so if we try to put everything into one day, into one hour, and we're trying to do an Instagram post, and we're trying to answer emails, and we're trying to answer the phone, and we're jumping back and forth to all of that stuff, we're not going to be really efficient at doing that. So can we find time in the week, and this is a good thing to do early in the week and just plan out like, hey, what does my week look like? But is there a four-hour block? where I could put together maybe three reels all at once when I'm in that mood and when I've got the lighting and when I've done my makeup and when I'm ready and looking good. And can I bust out three of those things really quick right now instead of doing a half a one here and a half a one there and it all takes a lot longer than it should.
0: Yeah, and I think too... The other thing with planning your week will show you where you're going to be time crunched and your one thing might have to be small that day and you might not get everything. It might not be good to get, have a huge long to-do list on Wednesday, which is your biggest patient day. Like be, it helps you to be realistic. It helps you to not be surprised by stuff. I think that that's another thing that, you know, as a staff PT, you can kind of just like, roll in. Once you get into like a groove, you can, you know, you get there a couple minutes before your patient, hopefully like 10, but you can kind of like roll in. There's not going to be that much variation in your day. Well, as a business owner, there is, and there's a lot of little distractions that can pull you off of that. So, where might you plan for times where you might be more time-crunched versus where you might have a little bit more flexibility in handling something? that might take a little bit more time. And this is especially helpful if you know that, if you don't know how long something's going to take, that you're going to schedule that for that day that you have a lot more flexibility in your time.
1: Right, and to give yourself the actual ability to to wade through something that's a little more complicated. I feel like the other thing that's really great about planning your week and looking ahead is that you can see when there are things that are prerequisites to jobs that you need to do down the road. And so what I mean by that, a lot of times I think we get a little bit waylaid when we're doing a project and all this other nonsense comes up. It's like, oh, shoot, wait, I need to Now I need to reset my password for that thing. And now I need to email this person to ask for this because I don't have that. And now I need to run this report. And how do I do that again? Now I've got to call PT everywhere and get that figured out. Like all of those different things prevent you from doing maybe the one thing that you wanted to be doing. And if we're looking ahead at our week and we're planning that well, then great. If I know that I'm going to need that information from, you know, let's say we're doing something with Pelvicon with Jessica and Andrew Riel. And I know that I want to do something on Wednesday for that. And I need information from Andrew for that. I might shoot him an email on Monday instead of getting to Wednesday and being like, oh, crap. I don't have any of the information I need to do the thing I was going to do. Now you're all off. Now I'm waiting for an email back. Now I can't do what I was supposed to do. Now I'm wasting time again, right?
0: Right. Now you're anxious and now that's, you know, right. you're perseverating then. I'm like, well, when is he going to write me back? When is he going to write me back? And it's like all because you didn't plan your shit ahead and actually take control of your own week.
1: Yes. And so the last thing we have here, so we had one is identify your one thing. Two is planning your week. And three is setting time limits. And this is one, it's based on what we call Parkinson's Law, which I hope you guys have heard of, but it's the idea basically that the task will expand to fill the amount of time that you give it. So if you give yourself two hours to write, to do an Instagram reel, it'll probably take you two hours. If you give yourself an hour, it'll also take one hour. And so a lot of times we don't really set expectations well for ourselves, especially on things that we have done before. And we allow tasks to really start to drag out. And this is where our perfectionism comes in too, right? Is if we have an unlimited amount of time, we give our perfectionism like free reign. Oh, there's no deadline. And we've all experienced this, right? Going back to school for, you know, how quickly did you work when that deadline was coming up the next morning?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm really good at procrastinating and doing something under the gun. So I actually have a huge problem with this. Because if I know that if I, it's almost like if I'm not even under the gun at all, then I'm really sucking at it. I get distracted. I like, oh, let me go and research this thing that I don't really need to research to be thorough because I have time to do it. So what Jesse's saying here is you need to set a time limit and give yourself deadlines as if they are hard and fast, like they are due the, at your deadline instead of the actual time that you're going to need them. Because... That really is super important for, cause, cause Jesse always talks too about opportunity cost. If you don't set that time limit, then that reel that is going to, that could take you two hours, but could also take you one. What is that next hour of stuff going to do? That is where the magic happens is, is making sure that you're efficient as much as you can be within that so that there's a, you don't have that opportunity cost of Parkinson's law.
1: Right. Would you rather in that two-hour segment that you've blocked, hopefully you looked at your week, you did some time blocking, now you're doing task batching, you're batching your Instagram content, would you rather have one reel and four static posts that week, or would you rather have one reel that's slightly better, but not really, than the one that took you one hour? And those are the options that we give ourselves. So a lot of times we'll all even set timer and it'd be like, hey, I'm going to give myself 45 minutes to get through as many emails as I humanly can. And at the end of that, like, that's done. Like, I'm not letting that drag. This is like a boom, boom, boom. I'm not getting distracted. This is not the time to sweep the office. This is not the time to answer a DM. Like, this is email answering time. And so being able to give yourself that time limit forces you to prioritize. It forces you to concentrate on what you want to be doing, hopefully. And it takes the steam out of your perfectionism. And I don't have time if I've got 45 minutes and I've got a whole bunch of emails to get through. I don't have time to sit there and
0: perseverate on exactly like the salutation that you use or like the, well, I'm not going to use the word just because it's just like, boom, get it done, get it out, get it off of your plate and into someone else's court. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So those are the three things I think are the probably the lowest hanging fruit for a lot of us. Um, identifying your one thing a day, planning your week, and setting time limits. The other thing on setting time limits is it forces you to do activities. It forces you to acknowledge how much time you're spending on activities that may or may not matter. So if you are saying like, hey, I'm going to do an Instagram post, is that worth a half hour of your time? Probably for a lot of you guys, it is worth a half hour of your time. Is that worth three hours of your time? Probably not. So there's a time in there where, you know, is this actually helping me as much or am I devoting, is the time that I'm putting into this the best use of my time? Going back to Nicole's point about opportunity cost. Well, if it's taking a few minutes, then yes. If it's taking three hours, then no. And so if we say, well, an Instagram post is worth 20 minutes of my time or 30 minutes of my time, great. Set a timer and do it in 20 or 30 minutes and knock that thing out and move on to the next piece where it is done and ready to go. So, Nicole, any other final thoughts on this? I hope those are three kind of helpful, actionable things. But I do want you guys, if you're struggling with this, to know that it's perfectly natural. And you are not in the minority. You are not, I mean, there's 99% of new business owners, I can say, struggle with this.
0: Not even new business owners, just business Business owners. owners. Right.
1: And you're right. That's a great point, Nicole, because this isn't something... I don't think this is something that gets better necessarily with time. You know, there's some things as a business owner you get more confident at, you get more reps at. But this is something if you're not really focusing on productivity, if you're not focusing on, you know, actually pushing things over the finish line like this. I mean, there's business owners who've been doing it for 20, 25 years who are still feeling in that frantic, overwhelmed to-do list mode And if you're not really targeted about this and deliberate about it, it's not going to be something that changes. And that's one of the reasons we emphasize it so much in the Rising Mentorship Program.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's too, there's a lot of self-awareness with the aspects of your personality that are working against you here as well is really helpful. That was at least helpful for me. Why am I a perfectionist? You know, I want to think that I don't care what anybody else thinks, but I kind of do. And I do want everything to be perfect, a lot of the time. And so that was creating anxiety. And then that was creating procrastination. So it's like, if you really get to the down deep with aspects of your personality that you're going to have to consistently fight through, that's also really helpful in, in actively working on f- fostering this skill. And that's what I think that the takeaway of this whole thing is, is that this is a skill. It won't get better just because you're Right. It's like kind of the same thing. It's like if I was practicing basketball terrible, like, yeah, I might get a couple more shots that go in, but I'm also not going to be a better basketball player. Your your practice and how you approach a problem actually matters in how well the outcome is going to be and how much you can actually improve in that skill. And so... In this case, like you really do, and sometimes you have to get coaching, and sometimes you can maneuver your around your personality traits and stuff enough to be more productive. But it is something that you have to actively work on and constantly reevaluate and constantly make more efficient in your day Cause it's never perfect and it's it's always a work in progress. But it is something that is it takes a, an active role in your life.
1: Yeah, it is foundational in what you're doing. So if you guys have any thoughts on this, if you have struggled with procrastination or perfectionism, I would love to hear about that. I would also love to hear if you have any thoughts or tips on ways that you overcame some of that. Uh, Is there any favorite things that you do in order to make sure that you get stuff done? I would love to hear that. As always, guys, we want to keep this conversation going.
0: And let's continue to rise